Please stand as you're able for the reading of today's New Testament lesson from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 69 to 75. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before all of them, saying, I do not know what you're talking about. When he went out to the porch, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you are also one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to curse, and he swore an oath. I do not know the man. At that moment, the cock crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite you to be seated. Thank you, Sister Diane, for our scripture lesson. Welcome, friends, to week four of our sermon series, Passion, where we will study in the book of Matthew the journey of Jesus' final moments here on earth. So Jesus has been anointed by the woman with the alabaster jar, preparing his body for his death. Jesus has shared his last supper with the 12. And during the meal, Jesus predicts, my time has come. Jesus tells the disciples, I will die soon. Then Jesus goes on to say, and someone will betray me. And Jesus knows that it's Judas. Then Jesus says, and all of you will desert me in my final hour. And then Peter says, oh no, Jesus, surely as I live, I will not desert you. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, Truly I tell you that on this very night before the rooster crows three times, you will deny me. Woo, what a meal. Let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you and we praise you, God, for tonight. Open our eyes so we can see. Open our ears so that we may hear. Expand our minds to understand, soften our hearts so that we can receive your word and your passion for us tonight. God, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, for we, your servants, are listening. Crucify my flesh and allow your Holy Spirit to rise up within me. Preach it, teach it, bring it, Holy Spirit, the way you know how. I ask, Holy Spirit, to use this message to speak to us, set us on fire, and put us to work. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. So Jesus has been arrested by the religious leaders and their slaves. And Jesus confronts them and says, ooh, you and your sneaky ways coming in here at night using weapons to arrest me. And then Peter, you know, old Peter, he's right there and he strikes the sword. And Jesus says, no, Peter, put away the sword. This is not the way of the kingdom. 
And Jesus freely goes knowing that this is his father's will. So Jesus is brought before Caiaphas, the high priest and the whole council. And they're sitting there in the council with their wicked ways and their sneakiness and they're looking for false testimonies because they are determined this day, this night, that Jesus will pay for what he's doing in our town and to our people and how he's making us look to the town's people. They are accusing Jesus of blasphemy, claiming that he is the son of God, the son of man, the Messiah, talking about he can destroy the temple and in three days he can build it up. Who does he think he is? Yet Jesus is silent until he is asked a question. And he's asked under oath before the living God, are you the Messiah, the son of God? Jesus stands there and looks and says to him, you have said so, but I tell you from now on, you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Lord have mercy. The crowd goes crazy. The council is upset. The high priest tears his clothes. He's upset. Who do you think you are standing here in our courtyard and telling us that you are the son of God, the Messiah, and you're going to come down on a cloud and you're going to be seated at the right hand of God? Who do you think you are? Then scripture tells us that someone spat on Jesus and they struck him. It's one thing to be accused, but then when you're asked a question, you drill it home. Jesus tells them who he is and puts them in their place. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't like to be put in my place. And there's Peter. Scripture tells us that Peter is following him in a distance. You know, Peter is, he's close, but not too close. Peter's in the courtyard, you know, he's a sightseer. You know, he's trying to see how everything is gonna work out. This is the same Peter now that said, Jesus, I won't deny you. I'm gonna be there with you to the end. So for Peter, even though, you know, I'm not on trial and I'm not arrested, but I'm here, you know, I'm just scoping out the scene, trying to see how this thing is going to play out. And then Peter, while he's watching, scripture tells us that he's confronted about his relationship to Jesus. At this very moment, Peter's own trial begins. So not only is Jesus getting ready to be on trial, but also Peter. You, you were also with Jesus, the Galilean. Peter denies it, says, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Have someone ever confronted you and then you try to divert the conversation by, you know, what you talking about, Willis? You know, like, what you talking about, what? I don't know what you talking about. You know, trying to shift the atmosphere. You know, I, what? Uh-uh, I don't even know what you're saying. The second time 
That man right there was with Jesus of Nazareth. And then he denies him a second time. You know that straight face lie that you do? I do not know the man. We've done it before. And then the third time, someone says, uh-uh. Certainly your accent gives it away. You are Galilean because y'all are known for having that accent. Yeah, you one of them. And this is a big one, you know. And Peter curses and swears and says, I'm telling y'all, as God is my witness, God can strike me down right now. That's cursing himself, y'all. He's not cursing, okay? He's cursing at himself that I don't know the man. Have you ever told a lie and swore to God on it, knowing that you're guilty? <laughs> you know how we do. Man, mm, I swear to God, I didn't, you know, it wasn't me. It reminds me of a time, you know, my grandmother had this cookie jar and she would tell us not to get cookies and, and you know, we would say, yes, ma'am, we, mm, we ain't gonna get any cookies. And I remember this time, we reach our hand in the cookie jar and then Granny says, who got some of those cookies? And we said, oh, what me? She lined us up and she said, Toy Michelle, and I said, I swear to God, Granny, it wasn't me. And as soon as I said, I swear to God, she whopped me. And she says, little woman, as long as you live, don't you ever swear to God, don't you ever use God's name in the wrong way. And I never did that again, y'all. Thanks be to God. So scripture tells us at that very moment, the crow the cock crows and Peter remembers what Jesus said to him. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Have your parents or your grannies ever told you something and told you not to do it or told you you were gonna do something and at that moment you don't pay them any attention and you say, no, not me. I wouldn't ever do that. And then that very moment, when you find yourself in that place, in that position, isn't it amazing how you remember what mama said or what granny said to you? Peter knew at that moment he had failed. Peter's weeping. Scripture says he flees because he's weeping because Peter knows Oh man, I let my best friend down. This is Peter. Peter is mentioned in the gospel more than any disciple. Peter is part of Jesus' inner circle. This same Peter was the first one to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. This same Peter was one of the first 
to profess his faith and give his life to Jesus. This same Peter, whose name was Simon, Jesus renamed him Peter, which means the rock, which means rock. And Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. This same Peter that was faithful and fearless when it came to Jesus. This same Peter was the one that defended Jesus when he was arrested. This is the same Peter that scripture tells us when Jesus was out on the water, Peter sees Jesus and begins to walk on water. That Peter, the same Peter who was the first one who always stood at attention and reacted to Jesus when Jesus asked him to do anything. Peter, the first disciple who Jesus washed his feet. This same Peter was one of the three that always accompanied Jesus to those sacred places and times in scripture. Peter, James, and John, they witnessed the resurrection of Jairus' daughter. You remember? She was dead. And scripture says that Jesus only took the three with him. Jesus only took the three with him when he transfigurated. They were there to witness it. Peter was there in the garden and he witnessed the agony that Jesus went through. And there are so many other times that Peter was there with Jesus. Yet, when he was asked three times, do you know him? He denied Jesus and said, I do not know the man. Church, we too have been like Peter in our denial of Jesus. Sometimes in the heat of the moment, we deny our Lord and Savior. First of all, with our words. James 3, 9 and 10 says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. How many times in your life have you made a deal with God? And Lord, if you only get me out of this, I promise you, I'm gonna serve you, God. Lord, see, if you bring me out of this, if you bless me with this, if you give me this right here, you got me for life. And then right when life gets good for you, you deny him, you renege on the promise, and you go back to life as usual. How many times have you prayed to God and told God how much you love him and cussed out your brother and your sister or talked about someone or mistreated somebody, said words that tore somebody down? Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. Church, when you go through stuff in your life, what are you speaking over yourself? Are you speaking life? 
and love and grace and mercy and forgiveness? You, a child of God, or are you denying God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit by speaking nonsense over yourself? We deny Christ with our works. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 3 says, as God's co-workers. Did you hear that, church? As God's co-workers. Allison is my co-worker. We are co-workers and colleagues, friends, and sisters. We work together serving the same God, the same mission. So we have been named as God's co-workers. We urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling blocks in anyone's path so that our ministry would not be discredited. Church, are you taking care of the least of these? How are you working? What does your work resume look like for the kingdom? Are you putting Matthew 25, 36 to 42 to work? Are you putting it to action? Are you clothing the naked, feeding, the hungry, giving water to those who thirst? Are you visiting a prisoner? Are you taking care of the sick? Are you loving the homeless, the helpless, the forgotten? How are you participating and working in building the kingdom of God on earth? What are you doing in the name of Jesus? We deny God with our witness. John 13, 34 and 35 says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you so that you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How do people see you, not how you see you, not how you would like people to see you, but how do people see you? Do they see Jesus? Do they feel like they've been in the presence of Jesus when they're in your presence? Are you living out the gospel in your life? Do you love God? Everybody will say yes to that. But and neighbor, are you loving your neighbor if they don't look like you, smell like you, act like you, dress like you, live by you? Are you loving your neighbor? Or are you still denying Jesus by picking and choosing and selecting who you will love? Church, in closing, though Jesus has been betrayed, 
all of his partners, his posse, his homie, the 12, his ride or die, you know, the ones that's always been there, they have deserted him. His right-hand man has denied him. But yet the love that Jesus has for us, he continues the journey. He continues his mission. Jesus did all of this for us. Jesus knew all things. He knew he would be betrayed. He knew Peter would deny him. He knew they would desert him. He knows that we deny him. He knows sometimes we betray him. He knows that we desert him. He knows all of this. Yet, in spite of us, he did it for us. He suffered and he died for us. And I'm gonna leave it there. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let the church say amen.